It's our privilege to make these messages available to you. We pray that the Word of God will richly bless you. Well, let's get it right into the Word, knowing that God will speak into our lives today. It's a joy to be back, and uh, it always thrills me to come here. It's been a while since we've been here, and uh, it's just a joy to be back here with you. Praise God. Tonight's going to be a great night. I've got some great things to share with you from the Word of God, and I believe it'll be a blessing to you. And I feel like you need to be here tonight to hear the Word of God. Amen. I really feel like feel like I need to say that. And if you stay home to watch TV, I'm going to ask God to blow your TV up. So uh, be best if you just came to church tonight. Amen. <laughs> Praise God. It is a joy to be back with you. We have been connected for over 25 years. And, uh, I mean, it has been amazing uh, what God is doing. You know, uh, we have... We are entering now into our 45th year of missionary evangelism, and I am so honored that God has allowed us to do this all these years. In fact, I was with my mother and dad last week, and, and uh, my sister said, said, David, when are you going to retire? And I said, and do what? You know, I've, I've been called for a lifetime. I didn't, wasn't called until I was 62 and retired, Brother George, you know. I call this for a lifetime. So it's a joy to be with you today, and I really mean that. I'm thrilled to see what God is doing here on the island of Galveston. And, uh, you know, we are very closely connected. And, uh, you know, and I, uh, you know, uh, George and I go back a lot of years. We go back to the full gospel businessmen's many years ago when he was uh, the head of the chapter and, you know, invited me to come over and speak. And so uh, you got to remember a lot of this. In fact, I had some hair back then, and uh, that was amazing. Not a lot, but I did, you know, and I had, I had the Pentecostal comb over, you know, and, uh, you know, they let it grow out real long here and spray it over here and, and spray it down with consort hairspray. But anyway, it, it's just a joy to be here, and I really mean that. Uh, let me share a couple of things with you before I get into the Word of God. And uh, because we're so connected, I, I, wanna, I want you to see what God is doing. Now, I can't say this in the second service because it is on the Internet. But, uh, you know, y'all, ha- right now, I just got back from Cuba a few weeks ago. And uh, we did last year, we did 16 mission trips last year, three in the month of December. And uh, we went to Cuba, and we just got back. That was our 42nd trip into Cuba. And we are finishing right now completion of our 73rd church in Cuba. And that's, that's just, it boggles my mind. I would have, you know, I mean, gone far above anything I thought that uh, I would, you know, that God would allow us to do in Cuba. We've, we've paid the price over there. We've been harassed, intimidated, and and uh, thrown into a room and grilled and questioned and accused me of being the CIA. And, and I, you know, of course, I, one day I want to do, I just want, yeah, I am, you know, Christians in action. And, uh, but, uh, but anyway, we, uh, we uh, have just got back and uh, a few weeks ago, as I said, and y'all built a church there years ago. And y'all are supporting pastors every month. I just got back. Now, the average salary now has gone up in Cuba. It's now $27 a month. And that's the average salary there. And, uh, but our churches, uh, of the 73 churches, we, we, like, we're almost finished with our 73rd church. It's not big enough. So what they do, they have to mother other churches. And so y'all got a church that y'all built there several years ago, and now I just want to tell you, y'all are now grandparents, because y'all have mothered another church out of the church that you built there. And I, I just praise the Lord for it, because when I think that we've done 73 churches, you know, I mean, that 
goes well over the 200 mark. And, uh, and there is a Book of Acts revival going on in Cuba right now. I'm telling you, as a revival, young people by the thousands are coming to the Lord in Cuba right now. And I mean, it is a, I, I'm telling you, because I've been there, I know what I'm talking about. It is one of the most incredible things that I've ever seen in my life. We've got a church over there that, that we have helped build and, and mothered and nurtured. And uh, that church now has 3,000 members. And it's not big enough, so they have 700 sales services a week in that area. And it's just growing by leaps and bounds. And then God has opened the doors for us in Haiti. Uh, we have been given great favor in Haiti. So God spoke to me to go to Haiti and start building churches and schools in Haiti because the children over there, uh, the poor children, uh, the, the government over there is the most, and I'm, I'm not on the Internet so I can say this, most corrupt government I've ever been to in 41 countries around the world. And they could care less about their people, especially the children. And you see children over there that are literally dying, starving to death. And God spoke to our hearts when I went over there right after the earthquake and said to start doing something, so we've done it. And so in December, we went over there. We just dedicated our third Christian school and church that we've just built, praise God. I'm so excited about that. And uh, we've got now over 1,200 precious little children that we are taking care of, and we are training them, teaching them, giving them education, of course, but then behind that, teaching them the Word of God. And so these children are growing up, and as I told them, I said, you know, you have been given an opportunity. Now what you do with it is up to you. And so we just believe that out of these, these kids, uh, I'm leaving. In fact, I'm leaving Tuesday to go back to Haiti. We will start our fourth school. We are building these churches in areas that are predominantly voodoo, and uh, the witch doctors over there, they are uh, very strong, very powerful in, with the devil behind them. But boy, we go in there and man, we break the curse in the name of Jesus. And let me tell you, I'm going to tell you, there's still power in the blood of Jesus. Wow. We have, we have, we've had them climb up in the trees and, and throwing curses at us during the day. And I just wave at them, you know, they're, they're doing all the cursing and the cutting of the blood and all that stuff. But I, I, I know with all my heart these children are the answers to Haiti's problems. Train them, train up a child in the ways to go. When he's old, he'll not depart from it. And so we're doing that. And so we will go over there, go to our fourth place, and they will take me over there, and this is where we will start our fourth school. Uh, we've started another temporary school way up in the mountains of Haiti. Uh, we had to climb the mountain. You can't drive up there. You can't even ride a mule up there because about three, 4,000 foot drops off uh, in certain areas. And if you fall, you go to Jesus. That's all I can tell you. And they, uh, they said nobody has ever climbed, no American has ever climbed that mountain. So I said, okay. I'm on an adventure. I'll take that challenge. So we climbed it. Like to die, but we climbed it. And, and uh, you know, I didn't realize how out of shape I was. But we got up there, and, and uh, praise God, those people, and especially the children, were so glad to see us. And we took food, candy up there. So one day, we're going to build a school up there. Praise God. And uh, then we're working in the Dominican Republic. The reason why I'm saying this because y'all support us. Every, you, don't, you don't mind me giving you a... This is this is what y'all are connected with, you know, and I just want you to see what, what y'all been a part of all these years. Uh, so God spoke to us to go to the Dominican Republic, and he's opened incredible doors for us. Well, one of, one of my dearest friends in the world, 
uh, is uh, from the Dominican Republic. He's a Republican and a uh, good, good man. And he was in the gangs and sold drugs and all of this, and God saved him, changed his life. He was in prison for several years, and now his whole life has been changed, radically changed, and God has given him favor. So he asked me if I would preach in the prison when I went over there last May. My wife and I took a mission trip, and we went over there and preached in the prison. When I got through preaching in the prison, the head man of all the prisons of the Dominican Republic, he came up to me and he said, Pastor David, he said, now every prison in our country is now open to you. So, you know, we're going to start preaching in the prisons in the Dominican Republic, praise God. And so there's, the, there's poor areas in the Dominican Republic, very poor. And uh, the children there, I found out that a lot of children in these areas never gets Christmas. So God spoke to my heart for us to buy Christmas toys for these children. So we went over there like I did in December. I left December 2nd, didn't come home to December 23rd. And uh, we went out and did seven outreaches in these areas of these camps where the, the poorest of the poor is at. And we bought Christmas presents. We went down to a, a, a big department store, and they gave us all their, these toys at cost. And so we took a team down there, and praise God, we gave Christmas toys out for, to over 2,500 precious little children. They got, I'm telling you, it's one of the most incredible things to see a little girl holding a Barbie doll. You know, and man, I'm telling you, I lost it. I'm boo-hooing and squalling and crying and watching this little boy take away his little Tonka toy truck. You know, and he just, he just like this. And, you know, we, we uh, rented this big old screen and played uh, uh, a panda Christmas, Kung Fu Panda Christmas. You should have seen these children. They've never seen a movie in their life. And we hired a, a man that uh, uh, does popcorn, and we, we had popcorn for all the children, all the adults. We would go out, and we were just serving them, putting popcorn in. And they're, they're, they're eating their popcorn and, and just, you know, watching a Kung Fu Panda Christmas. <laughs> was, I'm telling you, it was awesome, man. Yeah. And then when I, we, we would walk away from these camps and everything and, and drive away, and those people waving and all that. Man, it just the Spirit of the Lord spoke to me, the Word of God. It's more blessed to give than it is to receive. And my wife and I decided this year we weren't going to do Christmas with each other. We was going to just sow it into those children. And, I mean, it was incredible. So I said all of that to say thank you from my heart because we are so connected. And uh, I appreciate from my heart y'all's support of all these years, Pastor Rusty. I really mean that. So thank you very much. God bless you. And uh, praise God, I got a word for you today. Take your Bibles. Turn with me to the book of Matthew. And let's just cover a few things. I'm not a long-winded preacher at all, and, uh, but I, I want to share a few words. I love reading the Word of God. You know, I've been doing this 45 years. Let me tell you something. The Word of God never gets old to me. Never gets old to me. It's like every day I read it, it's a boom, something else jumps out at me. When you think you know it all, you find out you don't. You know, and so, I, but I want to show, it's just very simple. I'm going to do Christianity 101 this morning, and uh I'll try to get deep tonight. Is that all right? Uh, okay. Well, probably won't because I'm not a real deep preacher, you know. And, uh, but I want you to look in Matthew, the 25th chapter, verse 31. And I want you to listen to this. Matthew, 25th chapter, verse 31. When the Son of Man shall come in His glory and all the holy angels with Him, then shall He sit upon the throne of His glory, and before Him shall be gathered all nations. 
and he shall separate them one from another as a shepherd divides his sheep from the goats. And he shall set the sheep on his right hand, but the goats on the left. Then shall the king say unto them on his right hand, Come, ye blessed of my father, inherit the kingdom prepared for you from the foundation of the world. For I was a hungry, and you gave me meat. I was thirsty, and you gave me drink. I was a stranger. You took me in naked, and you clothed me. I was sick, and you visited me. I was in prison, and you came unto me. And the righteous will answer him and say, Lord, when did we see you hungry and fed you or thirsty and gave you drink? When did we see you a stranger and took you in or naked and clothed you? And when did we see you sick or in prison and came unto you? And the king shall answer and say unto them, When you've done it to one of the least of these, my brethren, you have done it unto me. Then shall he say also unto them on the left hand, Depart from me, ye cursed, into everlasting fire, prepared for the devil and his angels. <clears throat> for I was hungry, and you gave me no meat. I was thirsty, you gave me no drink. <clears throat> I was a stranger, you took me not in, naked, and you clothed me not, sick and in prison, and you visited me not. And they'll answer him, saying, Lord, when did we see you hungry, thirsty, or a stranger, or naked, or sick, or in prison, and did not minister unto you? Then he'll answer them, saying, Verily I say unto you, inasmuch as you did it not to one of the least of these, you did it not to me. And these shall go away into everlasting punishment, but the righteous into life eternal. I want to share just one word I want to leave with you today uh, for this service this morning. And it's the word involvement. Involvement. Uh, a few years ago, I was reading in New York City, there was a little lady up there that had cashed her uh, Social Security check, and I think it was a black $283. It was somewhere, it was below $300. And she was coming back to her apartment complex, and a gang of thugs set upon her, stole the money, but wasn't continuing with just stealing her money. They literally beat her to death. And she was approximately 80-something years old. They literally beat her, stomped her in the ground, a true story, and, and she died from her wounds. When the police came, they went around to the apartment complex area, and they knocked on the doors of her neighbors, and they said, why didn't you help her? And the response from every one of them, we didn't want to get involved. We didn't want to get involved. And Right now, there is a spirit that is sweeping across the world, but especially here in the United States, of becoming isolationist. An isolationist means that, that you keep everything to yourself and just take care of you and yours and don't worry about anybody else. Amen. Right now, this is happening in America, and it's even crept into the church. You know, that... All we care about is me and mine, and let's just take care of us and forget about everybody else. Now, let me tell you the spirit that is behind that. It is the spirit of selfishness. You know, I, I don't know how you feel about this, but I feel like we're living in the last days. I've seen too many things come to pass, George, you know, to, to not realize that the Bible is very accurate. The Bible is very relevant, and it tells us, that in the last days, dangerous times would come. All right? The first sign to be manifested in the last days would be men would be lovers of their own selves. You know what that is? A spirit of selfishness. To where you get to the place where I don't care about anybody else. All I care about is me and mine. 
I'm just going to take it and keep it to myself and keep it inside. In other words, just keep everything to ourselves and forget about everything else and really, to be bluntly, to hell with everybody else because that's all we care about is us. It's a spirit of selfishness, and it's sweeping across the world, but sad to say it's even swept into the church where we don't want to get involved in other people's lives. But you know what? What I'm giving you today... This is a prophetic word that I've, I've, I've given to you from Jesus. And I want you to understand that involvement is not an option. It is a commandment. This, what I, you know, and because, do you know that it's amazing to me, you know, that, that we get emails today from people that are telling my wife and I that you are absolutely crazy for getting involved in Haiti, poorest country in the world. And people, you know, I mean, we, we, why are you doing this? We got hungry people here in the United States. And that's, that's what I'm hearing. But behind that, I'm hearing selfishness. You know, we got people here in the United States that are starving to death. You know, and we got people here. And I hear that. But listen, I, I'm, I'm involved here in the United States as well. You know, I believe in getting involved when disasters happen. You know, I try our best to, to get involved, you know, with what we can do. And I remember when Katrina hit, you know, we, we put together eight big 40-foot containers of food and water and all that and sent that out here because we wanted to be involved, man. You see disasters, you, you see people hurting, you want to get involved in their life, you know. But God said He loves the world. Not just Galveston, not just Houston, not just Texas, not just the United States, but the world. Because God's got a world vision. Amen? And I believe that's what you and I need is a world vision. And so I'm going to continue to stay involved in people's lives because God's commanded me to do so. And I will continue to do this. You know, and, and it's amazing here lately where we've gotten some things. I mean, I'm just blown away with, with some people's mentality. I got relatives that think we're crazy. Relatives. You know, I was born and raised in Georgia, and, you know, and I'm, you know, we're, we're not far from the mountains of Georgia, and so I got some rednecks in my family, okay? You know? I, I got rednecks. Have you ever seen Duck Dynasty? Some of those people on there are, are they're my relatives. Yeah, yeah. Have you ever seen Mountain Man on Duck Dynasty? I, I got a relative just like, I think that may be, they're related. But, you know, I, and, and, you know, I used to go to family reunions and I stopped going. Because <laughs> my family, some of my family don't understand what we're doing. They think I'm crazy. And then they, they come up to me and, you know, like the last... Family reunion I went to, I ain't going no more. This is it. You know, we're just not on the same wavelength. You know, I'm on FM, they're on AM, and we don't understand each other, you know, and I, you know, I get around them, and, and you know, and I got, and when I tell you they're red, a lot of them are rednecks, I'm, I'm talking about rednecks. You know, I, I mean, I was raised in the country, okay, and so I'm just going to tell you the way my family is, because, you know, they're not here, so I can talk about it. And, um, you know, you know, there. You know, I was preaching one day, and I was I was reading a Christmas story to a bunch of my relatives, and and I was talking about the wise men come from afar, and one of my relatives spoke up. Did they put it out? And really meant that. <laughs> really meant that. 
you know, and they they come up to, and so my last my last reunion I went to, you know, uh, one of my relatives come up to me. He said, "Hey, David, I hear you're going to Haiti." I said, "Yeah, yeah, man. I mean, God's blessing." And I'm going, uh huh. A lot of black people in Haiti, huh? I said, "Yeah, yeah. There's some black people in Haiti. Yeah, uh, a lot of Haitians over there, huh?" I said, yeah, there's a lot of Haitians in Haiti, a lot of Cubans in Cuba, a lot of Americans in America. And I just said, I got to leave. I, I, I told my wife, I said, I, I, I love them, but I don't have to be around them. You know, and, and then I just walked away because the Bible says depart from the presence of a fool. And so, you know, you, know, you, you love them, but... They don't understand because their philosophy is, you know, we got people here that are hurting. We got people here starving. You know, take care of your own first. You know, and that's, that is their philosophy. But that's not what I see in the Word of God. I see involvement. Now, I want to read something real quickly to you, and, and I know you know it. Turn with me to Luke, the 10th chapter, really, really quickly. And uh, because I don't, I've got just a few more minutes to share with this, but I just want to show you something real quick. Uh, Everybody here probably knows the story of the Good Samaritan. You know, and uh, in Luke, the 10th chapter, verse 25, the Bible says there was a certain lawyer stood up and said, Master, what shall I do to inherit eternal life? And he said, well, what is written in the law? How do you read? And he said, you'll love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, with all your strength, and your neighbor as yourself. And he said unto him, you've answered right, this do and you shall live. But he willing to justify himself said, who is my neighbor? And then Jesus told him this story. He said, a certain man, now notice that, a certain man, went down from Jerusalem to Jericho and fell among thieves which stripped him of his raiment and wounded him and departed, leaving him half dead. Now notice that, half dead. And by chance there came a certain priest that way, and when he saw him, he passed by on the other side And likewise, a Levite, when he was at the place, came and looked on him and passed by on the other side. But a certain Samaritan, now look at that, a certain Samaritan, as he journeyed, came where he was, and when he saw him, he had compassion on him, and went to him and bound up his wounds, pouring in oil and wine, and set him on his own beast, and brought him to an inn and took care of him. And the next day when he departed, he took out two denarii and gave them to the host and said unto him, take care of him, and Whatever you spend more, when I come again, and notice that, when I come again, I will repay you. Now, which now of these three do you think was neighbor unto him that fell among the thieves? And he said, he that showed mercy unto him, and then said, Jesus unto him, go and do likewise. Now, we've all heard this story, and I just want to break it down. And, and uh, you know, I, I preach a lot in types and shadows because I see the Word of God is so relevant it's just amazing how relevant the Word of God is. And when you see things in the Word of God, you say, man, that, that, the Holy Spirit is so sharp, you know, that when he had these wonderful men of God pen these words, he knew what he was doing. It's just incredible that speaks to us today. Now, the Bible says there's a certain man, so one thing for sure, we are very certain it was a man, okay? Just wanted you to know that. And I, I get so deep sometimes I amaze myself. But anyway... 
He went down from Jerusalem to Jericho. And if you notice that, he went down from Jerusalem to Jericho. If you look on a map, when you see a map, you'll see Jerusalem, you'll see Jericho. And when you go to Jericho, you have to go down. Now, what does that mean? That means the man left the city of peace, Jerusalem, to a place where he shouldn't be at. And that is a place of Canaanite moon worship or an adulterous or ungodly place. And notice this, whenever a person leaves the presence of God, the place of God, and you go somewhere where you shouldn't be, you're always going down. Amen. Because the devil is a down devil. He'll always take you down. Amen. God's an up God. Huh? You All through the Word of God, look what the Bible says. Look up. Lift up. Get up. Rise up. Amen. God's an up God. Praise God. All right. And so the Bible says he went down, and when he went to a place he shouldn't be, the Bible says thieves fell among him, stripped him, beat him up, left him half dead. Now notice you got to see that. that the Bible puts half dead. Why is that? Because if you're here today and you don't know Jesus Christ, you're half dead. Your body's alive, but your spirit's dead. And that's why when Jesus comes into our life, he makes us whole. I'm not dead anymore. I'm alive. Amen. The church is a living, breathing organism. It's a church that's alive. Amen. People today are looking for churches that are alive. Amen. Not churches that's going to rise up in the rapture because the Bible says the dead in Christ shall rise first. Now, okay, it just comes out sometimes, and I don't know where it comes from. It has to be God. All right. Now, this man is bleeding half dead in a ditch, and the Bible says basically three groups of people come by him. And I want you to see three groups. First group is the priest, which is type and shadow of religious folks. The religious comes by and looks at him. Now watch this. The religious crowd actually looks on him and sees him bleeding half dead and passes by on the other side. Because you see religion, Christianity is not a religion. Religion is a format. Religion is a procedure. Religion is a ritual. Christianity is a life. You know, religion looks down and says, we're not going to get involved with you. You think now, religion, denomination, you know, religious walls. You know, you think of that. You can't get involved with you. I'm a Baptist. You're a Methodist. And, uh, or we could put charismatic or Pentecostal, you know, and sure enough, as I spend my money to get involved in your life and pour in oil and wine, you know, when you get back up, you'll go to another church or another denomination. And so I don't get involved with people only of my denomination. That's religion. Religion is looking down and saying, you're black, I'm white, and I am more white than I am Christian, so thereby I can't get involved with you because you are of a different color. Or you speak a different language. And I can't get involved with you because, you know, I am a person of one color or a person of one ethnicity or a person that is from another country so I don't get involved with only people of my country. Amen. I'm not, not, not a real shouting message, is it? Huh? But I'm just giving you what the Word of God says. And then, you know, pass by on the other side. Then the second group is the Levites. Now the Levite, what's this, are the law people. The word people, oh, comes by and looks on him bleeding half dead and looks at him and says, you know, if you knew the word of God like I did, you wouldn't even be there. 
fact, I got a 27-year Sunday school pen. Here, wipe that blood out of your eyes and look at my pen. I know the Word of God from Genesis to the Revolution. And, and look at this. You know, amen. Look at this. And, 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 and you know, I, I've never been in the ditch. Hallelujah. I've got it all together, had it all together. Born on the right side of the railroad tracks, I am of a different caliber of people, you know, than you. So I, I can't get involved with you. Or maybe I'm on my way to the East Coast Convention, West Coast Convention, North Coast Convention, South Coast Convention. I'm on my way to a convention to learn how to minister to people in the ditch. And when I come back through, if you're not dead, and I got my certificate that I can put up on the wall, I'll, get, I'll help you. You know, there's a, there's, a, there's a self-righteousness attitude here, okay? You see this, a self-righteousness that where you look at somebody and you feel like that they are beneath you. Amen? You know, I've never been in the ditch. I've never been beaten up. I've never, you know, been messed up in my life. I've always been perfect. <laughs> Hello? I don't know if you know anybody like that, but anyway. So the third group is what I want to give to you. The Bible says a certain Samaritan. Now, notice this. Okay, a certain Samaritan means for sure he was a Samaritan. Okay, because it's certain. You know, all right. Now, what's this? A certain Samaritan looks on a certain man. <laughs> this is great. All right. The certain man, all right, because he came from Jerusalem, I can almost assure you today that he was probably a Jew. Huh? This is a Jew that is laying in the ditch, bleeding and half dead. And here comes a certain Samaritan. Now watch this. For you that don't know who the Samaritans are, they were considered half-breeds. They were outcasts. They were rejects. And the Jews would have no dealings with the Samaritan. They wouldn't even give them the time of day. So what does God do? God's got this. See, I use humor a lot. And I, I can't, I, this is, it's just, I see things differently than a lot of people do, okay? And God's got a great sense of humor. So here's a Jew laying in the ditch, bleeding, and God has a Samaritan half-breed reject come by and gets involved with a man in the ditch who, if the wheels were turned the other way, wouldn't even give him the time of day. God uses a reject, a half-breed, you got to see this, half-breed, reject, to get involved with somebody in the ditch. Whoa. Wow. That, that's pretty cool, huh? See, you know what? And the man in the ditch didn't say, because you're a Samaritan, I, can't, I, I don't want no oil and wine. Because, see, I found out one thing. When you're in the ditch, you'll take help from anybody. Better be careful when you say, I don't know, I tell you, I wouldn't even give them a time of day. Ooh, God may use them later on to. Better be careful. <laughs> Hallelujah. Because I've seen some things. God's got this great sense of humor. He'll do things. <laughs> You know, he just gets tickled doing it. 
I just see, <laughs> you know, I just the way I see it. You know, here is a certain Samaritan, half-breed, outcast reject, getting involved with somebody in the ditch. Now watch this. Watch this. You got to see this. This type and shadow of Jesus. Because I got news for you today. Jesus was a half-breed. Half man, half God. And on top of all that, he was a reject. Because the Bible says he came unto his own and his own received him not. They rejected him. He was a reject. And here you and I are in the ditch. Because for all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. And what does that good Samaritan that we serve do? Gets involved with us when we're in the ditch. Wow. Wow. I don't know if you, I, I was in the ditch. And I needed somebody to get involved with me in my life. And Jesus did. Hallelujah. And man, he came into my life and poured in the oil and the wine. That's why I love going across the world telling people that Jesus Christ can change your life. Because he pours in the oil and the wine. Because the oil is symbolic of the anointing. And the wine is symbolic of the Holy Spirit. And when you are, praise God, the anointing of the Holy Spirit comes upon your life. He heals your wounds. Hallelujah. He changes your life. Forgives you of all that you've ever done wrong in your life. That is God. And only God can do that. Wow. That's why I love preaching this. Praise God. He gets involved in my life. So, Watch this. And I, I, I got a few more minutes and I'm going to close. But watch this. All right. He pours in the oil and the wine, then gets him up, takes him on his own beast, puts him on his own, own vehicle, takes him to the island church, and, and goes up to Pastor Rusty and says, here, take care of him. And he gave him two denarii. Now, isn't that amazing? Two denarii. Because back then, a denarii was one day's wage. Amen. One, one denarii was a day's way, so he, but he gave him two denarii. Isn't it great? The Holy Spirit just puts these little simple things in here, and all of a sudden you look at it, whoa, it just jumps out at you. Two denarii. Well, why? It's two days. Well, the Bible says that a day with the Lord is like a thousand years, and a thousand years is like one day, and two days is like 2,000 years. And then the Bible is very specifically where it says, and when he gave it to him, and he said, you take care of him. And he said, if you spend any more, I'll pay you back when I come back. He didn't say, if I come back. He said, when I come back. I'll, take, I'll pay you back. Hallelujah, hallelujah. It's been 2,000 years, folks, and I'm here today to proclaim to you in the island church, he is coming back. Hallelujah. And whatever you and I have done for God, I promise you, he will pay you back. That's the God we got. Now, watch this. People say, well, you know, why should I get involved, and why should I do what you're saying, and why? Well, can I just make it real simple for you right now? That command, that involvement is a commandment. And people, I've had people ask me, well, why should I get involved? Why should I get involved with those people in Haiti? And why should I get involved with those people in Cuba and around the world? You know, why should I? Well, can I just make it real simple for you that the only reason you are sitting here this morning, the last Sunday of January of 2014, is because God's still involved in your life. I stand before you this morning. I shouldn't even be here. 
I should have died on several different occasions. But I'm here today. You know why? Because God's still involved in my life. Hallelujah. I mean, God is still involved in my life. The only reason why you're here today, God's still involved in your life. Huh? Hey, everybody take your hand, put it over your heart. You feel that? That's God. God's still involved in your life. Hallelujah. Maybe some of you had a rough 2013. You know, you went through maybe some rough times. I don't know what happened, but maybe something happened in 2013. Well, guess what? You made it through. You're in 2014. Why? Because God's still involved in my life. God's still involved in your life. I shouldn't be here today. Can any of you ever think of some dumb things you ever done in your past? Has anybody other than me ever done any dumb stuff? <laughs> I've done... <laughs> I look back over some of the things that I've done in my past. I should have died. I should have been killed. I jumped out of a tree with a vine over a 300-foot deep ravine because my best friend double-dog dared me. I risked my life because he double-dog dared me. I don't know about in Texas, but in Georgia, double-dog dared me. Now, whoa, that's... That's, that's serious stuff. Now, when he said, I dare you, it didn't mean anything. But when he said, I double-dog dare, well, I'm going to risk my life because he double-dog dared me. I jumped out of a tree, swung across the ravine to another tree, just barely made it. And I'm thinking, I didn't test that vine. I didn't test it. That thing could have broke. If it would have broken, I wouldn't be here this morning. Has any of you ever gotten to a car accident and then you look back, if I hadn't been delayed a few minutes, 30 minutes or so, whatever it was, that could probably be me in that car wreck? Huh? Wow. I was on an airplane that caught on fire going to Russia. We shouldn't have, we shouldn't have ever got out. That plane should have never landed. It should have blew up in the sky. I'm here. I can go back over and tell you story after story after story. Maybe when I get real old, I'll write a book, you know, about some of the things that, that I came this close to dying. But I'm here today. Wow. Alan, when I think about that, I'm only here because of the grace of God. I'm only here because God's still involved in my life. And if you really be honest... <laughs> God is still involved in your life. You wouldn't be here right now. Amen? Some of you may, you know, you may used to be drug addicts, alcoholics, whatever. You know, it's a you're sitting here today in your right mind. Some of you really shouldn't be in your right mind right now. Huh? Maybe some of you are not. But we'll pray for healing later on. But, but you look back. I did, that was dumb what I did. You know? But you're sitting here only because of the grace of God and only because God is still involved in your life. Now, if I'm here only because of God still involved in my life, why shouldn't I get involved in other people's lives? It's a commandment. You know, God's got every right to demand involvement from me because I know, nobody knows more than me, I shouldn't even be here today. 
I shouldn't even be in my right mind. I was in an auto accident, brain injury. Said I'd never be the same again. Never, 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 never be able to articulate a full sentence again. Never be able to travel and preach again, ever. But praise God, 14 years ago, God healed me from the top of my head to the sole of my feet, and I'm in my right mind today, praise God, only because of the grace and mercy of God and the power of the healer, Jehovah Rapha, praise God. That's why I've got to get involved in other people's lives, hallelujah. Got to. I got to because God's still involved in my life, and God's still involved in your life. Amen. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Bow your heads with me. Holy Spirit. Thank you, sir, for the simplicity of your word. And I pray in Jesus' name that every person here would take a few moments to really, really reflect over their life and recognize and realize today more than ever before. If you hadn't been involved in their lives, they wouldn't be here today. Or maybe they would be in a hospital somewhere. Maybe they'd be in a mental institution or Maybe they'd be in a graveyard. But because so many years ago, ever how long it was, the good Samaritan got in the ditch with us. He got involved in our lives. And that's why we're here today. Holy Spirit, I pray you would touch every person here by your presence and by your anointing. And may we reflect now on the goodness and the mercy of God. And recognize we are here only because of God's grace. Thank you, Father, that you're still involved in our lives. And we are so honored for it. And forgive us for taking it for granted. Forgive us, Father, and help us to crucify flesh. And crucify the spirit of selfishness. Just trying to rise up its ugly head in the church today and help us to realize if it hadn't been for you getting in the ditch with us we wouldn't be here today I thank you Father I pray you touch every man every woman every young person here and Holy Spirit minister their lives right now in Jesus name take somebody by the hand sitting beside you and I just I just want you just to pray for that person right now just as you're sitting there just just ask God to touch them right now and open every one of our eyes, Holy Spirit, to see that you're still involved in our life. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father, for this church, this house here in Galveston. Thank you for Pastor Rusty and Leah, and thank you for their world vision, and thank you, Father, that they believe that the Island Church is a church that gets involved in people's lives, people that are in the ditch, bleeding and dying, and they believe in the power of the healer, and they believe in healing and pouring in the oil and the wine. Father, I thank you in Jesus' name. That we are here today because you're still involved in our lives and we say thank you. Thank you from our hearts, Father God, for the God that you are. I love you more today than I've ever loved you before. Thank you, my Father. Thank you for being involved in every one of our lives here today. I ask you to bless this house. Bless it, Lord. I thank you 
for this building that is coming in Jesus' name to put more sick, wounded people here that are going to get healed up, that they're going to get saved, born again, baptized in the Holy Spirit. And Lord, miracles of healing are going to transform thousands of lives in the days and weeks and months and years to come. Father, it shows us that we are still involved in our life. We love you, Father. Thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. Can we give God a clap offering? Come on. I believe he's worthy of it. Amen. Thank you. See you tonight at 7 o'clock. Pastor Rusty. Praise God. Hallelujah. Thank God for that. How many enjoyed that? Isn't God good? Well, we just thank God for Brother David, all he does. Um, If you want to be involved in his ministry, of course, we as a church support him every month have for many years and will continue to do so. But as we do encourage everybody to do, if uh, you do not have somebody personally you support, get in touch with him. He'll be around. You can uh, talk with him. We're not going to hide him somewhere. And uh, uh, get involved in his ministry. It'll be a great blessing. Amen. Thank you for joining us today. We trust you enjoyed the podcast. We extend an invitation to you. Come join us in one of our services Sunday morning, 1045, Tuesday prayer, 7.30, Thursday evening, midweek service, 7.30. We are located 2411 69th Street, Galveston, Texas. See you there.